just uh, seeing it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like we're streaming, guys. Looks like we're ready to go here. Uh, what is going on, everyone? And welcome to tonight's episode of the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is show number 215. It's great to see you all here. Great to be back. We are back in action and cannot wait to get chatting about, well, uh, plenty of things that have been making the rounds. And, of course, this is naturally your host, Invader. And, yeah, we have got a lot of things to cover. Uh, we've got Xbox talking more about game exclusivity with regards to Activision Blizzard. As well, new Xbox exclusive title, Crossfire X, has been released. We'll give you some of our thoughts on that. Also, Platinum Games has been very vocal, you could say, uh, recently getting involved with Xbox and... Uh, yeah, all that and a little more, but uh, right now let's get into some of the intros as everybody starts filing into the chat. Timmy, Tim Dogpal, how you been the past week? Tim? Tim? Uh, I don't know. Well, you know what? We will... Oh, I don't know. Tim's not coming through. Uh, I don't know why. Uh... What? Well, hold hold on a sec. Uh, let's see here. Get uh, Tim's just filing in and out. Uh, let's see. Now? Oh yeah, there you are. There you are, Tim. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm not sure what happened there, but. <laughs> well, I just said, uh, you know, um, just happy to be here, and uh, we got some stuff to talk about. It's a nice Sunday night, and just hope for everyone on the panel had a good week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah, it's been a pretty good week for uh, myself. Uh, got into some gaming action. I got into some Crossfire X. We will uh, talk a bit about that later. Uh, moving on down the list here. Centurion Pal, uh, what you been playing? What you been up to? Oh, man, what is up? It's been like two weeks since last time we chatted. A lot has happened, a lot to talk about. And, I mean, I've been at least playing some good games. I've been soaking up way too much time and playing Dying Light 2 and also now starting to mess around with uh, Horizon Forbidden West. All right. All right. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I've been hearing good things about uh, both Dying Light 2 and Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, a lot of people seem to be enjoying that title. Um, yeah, I mean, February, this February is filled with all kinds of good games. Uh, let's see here. Moving on down the list. Eric Shockley, buddy. I saw you uh, sneak in there as we were starting. Uh, how have you been the past week or so? Pretty good. Yeah, just been enjoying, uh, been getting back into some uh, Final Fantasy X uh, HD remaster. Um, I've never, unfortunately, I've never finished a Final Fantasy game before. <laughs> um I think obviously I wouldn't count the Final Fantasy VII remake, but um, but I started this on the Switch actually, like last year. Um, I think I was only like fifteen hours in, but I was like seeing it was on Game Pass, and I saw Zodiac Age was leaving, so I picked that up uh, for cheap with those Microsoft reward points. Those come in clutch, uh, but I was just like, yeah, I could. I know I have them on the Switch, but. For all that time playing it, I'm like, I could also get achievements for it. <laughs> um, so it's just like hard to, I, that's why the one thing I hate about the Switch have like they just still just won't make an achievement system. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Everyone has one. Epic Games Store has one. Steam has, like, just, hey, guess what? 
it incentivizes people to rebuy it on your system to get more achievements. Kind of like what I'm doing over here on Xbox. I already own those two games. I just bought them again. <laughs> but I don't know. You would think they would chase after that for money. I don't know why. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been enjoying my time with that. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing so far. I I never finished Horizon Zero Dawn, as many people also didn't, uh, because Breath of the Wild came out like... Uh, I bought it when it first came out, day one, on the PS4, but when Breath of the Wild dropped it, like what a couple of weeks after it, never touched it again. Uh, and I was like, shit, I'm not going to be able to finish it before uh, <laughs> it drops this week and Elden Ring comes out next week, which is the priority. So <laughs> especially get that 6,000 punch card, uh, Microsoft War Points for Elden Ring. Comes in clutch. So, but yeah, that's what I've been doing this past week. But All right. All right. Good stuff. Thanks for that one. Yeah, no, absolutely, pal. And moving on down the list here, uh, last but certainly not least, uh, General MLD. How you been, bud? Hey, yeah, doing pretty good. Uh, spent the last little while, um, yeah, I, play, I played the Crash Insane trilogy and the Crash uh, Nitro Racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the whole Activision Blizzard acquisition, it kind of spurred my curiosity. I mean, if this is if this is going to be a future Xbox uh, mascot, I mean, uh, let's, let's get acquainted with it. But uh, no, I got to say, oh, it's it's very fun. And uh, oh, yeah, I'm just hacking away at the old backlog. Yeah, having a good time here. Well, yeah, you say that in Spyro, too, man. I totally suggest checking out Spyro if you haven't already. Like, that Spyro trilogy is great. So highly recommended on yeah. my end. Um, but yeah, guys, before we begin, a little bit of a shameless plug here, a reminder to listen to us on audio platforms. We're not a large number of them, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a whole slew of others, you know, just to get it out there, letting you all know that there's options to listen to us. And, hey, you know what? Options is a pretty wonderful thing. Alrighty then. Uh, you know what? We will make our way over to our first topic tonight as uh, more people start filing in here. And about a week ago, Xbox put out a post in their blog talking about a number of issues One, of course, being the acquisition of Activision Blizzard and, well, sort of like, you know, the cloud around game exclusivity, right? Because everybody's been talking about that. Now, this is what the blog states, and I quote, To be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. And we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that many uh, Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. We also are interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. We believe this is the right thing for the industry, for games, and for our business. I realize I said a mouthful there, but a pretty decent-sized quote. Uh, it's a very interesting statement overall, and I'm curious what the panel has to say about this. Uh, Timmy, buddy, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you make of what's being said here by, uh, like, Xbox? Uh, obviously, there's a lot of PR here, and while this is a, you know, a general statement, uh, you know, there's a few things that, you know, can be, you know, said. Deciphered. Yeah, deciphered, I guess you could say. There's you, know, you could take some things a few ways. Like, what are your thoughts with this? Well, honestly, I think it's more of a deal of them feeling the pressure of of uh, regulatory 
um, and stuff like that because I believe that probably going into this, they probably weren't sure of the of what they were going to do. I think it was on the table, but I do think that they kind of um, that day when they when they they basically you know a lot of fans got upset because you know. Um, you know, they weren't really talking to the fans that day when they when Brad Smith wrote that. They were basically pleading to the regular regulations and the FTC, uh, Lena Khan, uh, people like that. They were trying to say that hey, we're you know we're not going to be the big bad business and take games away. And uh, I do think it's gonna. Um, it, it, it is what it is. I think you're going to see um, some some multi-plats uh, on games that are popular, especially with, uh, you know, online, uh, you know, online, you know, communities, certain things like that. Uh, but I do think you'll see some exclusivity too. Um, it's just a matter of uh, case by case. I just feel that they, they definitely felt the pressure. And I think that, you know, the last thing that they can have, is this deal get blocked and then them lose out and have to pay three billion for nothing? And I think the way they looked at it, they said, "Hey, if we can nip this in the bud early and make this process as fast as it can go, and po- possibly as as less, you know, uh, you know, less resistance, the path of less resistance, this is the way to go." And I think that they they basically did that that day. And I understand where Xbox fans are. Um, I don't think this is a reset in their exclusive, uh, you know, uh, their exclusive, you know, strategy. I, I think mm-hmm. that it's because of this deal and what's pushed upon this deal and the implications of this deal, and because it's $67 billion and because of, you know, things like COD exclusivity and, you know, you want to talk about Overwatch and stuff like that. So I think that the, the the thing is is that this is not a reset in say you know Starfield is going to be exclusive, the next Elder Elder Scrolls Six is going to be exclusive, Fallout Five is going to be exclusive or Fallout Six whatever, the next Fallout, um, they they have a big strategic plan for 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 um, uh, you know uh, for exclusives. I just feel like in this case this is more a money deal. This is more a deal where Phil went out to them when they saw the stock plummet, and they knew they could sell sell low and buy low, and you know get, you know get and get high. You know, basically they got the deal uh, pretty much lower than their market value because mm-hmm. of what happened. So you basically have a money deal on the table. Uh, this will also pr- pretty much propel them to being the number one. Video game maker in the industry, it's un, it's not even debatable. Uh, they will hold the most IPs with the most, uh, you know, they will hold the most IPs with the most, you know, power. You know, if you look at the IP suite that they're gonna have, it's it's unmatched, and you know they're gonna have the most video game makers making games, the most games, and uh, for the fans, uh, you know. Um, I get it. I've seen, you know, I've seen uh, MLD's posts, and I've seen Globe rolls, and I, and I get the understanding that the, that people weren't happy. I just think that this is like more of reading the room, and they got scared shit. You know, they got scared shitless that 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 this regulator uh, regulation is going to come down. And I can tell you, listen, 
the 14 days, even to this day, they're still writing articles about this. They're still saying, oh, and they're, and they're putting this little Lena Khan on a pedestal, and they're saying, oh, is she going to you know, make a statement here? And when politics get involved and certain things get involved, all things are off the table. So for me, it was just a, a, a you know, a, a a pitch for peace, a pitch for, hey, we're, you know, we're not going to be the big bad company that you think that we're going to be with this. And uh, like I said, I think that they'll leave themselves a little wiggle, wiggle room for exclusivity too. Um, but for the most part, they just, for far, far anything, they just want the deal. They want Crush. They want the money from Candy Crush. They want all this. They want all these developers. There's so much things that, are are applied to this deal aside from exclusivity that you have to realize it's a multifaceted deal and it's not you know based on exclusivity the the Beth Bethesda deal another completely different deal that was based on exclusivity mm-hmm. and that's a smart deal and I think that if they didn't have the Bethesda deal then you could really go after them because the, about the exclusivity but being that they have the, the Bethesda deal on the global publishing with, you know, eight or so or nine, you know, developers working with them, potentially going to be some of them potentially going to be a part of XX Game Studios in the future, I'm sure. I think that you got to kind of look at this at, at a whole spectrum. And, you know, I get that, you know, it, it seemed like uh, double talk or, you know, you know, bad messaging. And it probably was in that aspect, but it wasn't a plea to the fans. They were just basically trying to charm the FTC and saying, hey, you know, we're coming out here and we have good intentions and uh, hopefully they get this deal passed, which I think if they do, it's a huge boon for them. Like if one that day when they pass will be a huge day for Microsoft, a huge day for Xbox, because it basically propels them to number one, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, make no mistake. This deal, I mean, we'll be, I mean, the Bethesda deal alone, the ZeniMax deal is, uh, so we're still feeling the effects of that. But then the, yeah, the Activision Blizzard deal, I mean, sends mega shocks around the industry. The aftershocks are going to be felt for years. It's a industry changing event. And uh, I mean, with this kind of agreement, like, <sighs> I mean, it's interesting some of the wording they used, Tim, because, I mean, yeah, I, I could definitely see, you know, a, you know, Call of Duty being a multi-plat. I mean, I mean Warzone is a given. Warzone, uh, for sure, and constant updates to that. Okay, they make Call of Duty, but they could they could keep, uh, like, some games exclusive. Would, you know, like, they could just move forward with a couple of games being multi-plat or select titles. Um, you know, they really, I mean, they really don't say a lot, especially in like this blog post. I know that they're trying to, you know, be nice and they want this deal to go through. But, uh, again, like I've just, I, I, I keep reading over their statement, but you know, they, they don't really go into a lot of detail about things. And I know that they have to, you know, be very careful because there's a lot of like lawyer, like everything is carefully, precisely worded because obviously they probably have lawyers going through this stuff. But, uh, you know, like we, we could see what, maybe what, Crash Bandicoot. Like it, there's a lot of different IP here that they could be like, okay, you know, what, we can make this exclusive, make, you know, maybe Spyro exclusive, but, you know, Call of Duty and stuff like that, you know, they could just continue continue doing like a multi-plat kind of thing right i mean i could be mistaken um like yeah, I think they also, yeah. case by case deal yeah. uh um 
Crash never really sold well on Xbox, so I don't know if that's like put it this way. That game that they, they're talking about that's five years away or three years away, um, that Mike Yabara hyped new IP, I think that, you know, logically that will probably be uh exclusive. Um and they are gonna try they're gonna they're gonna you know, uh push the the you know they're gonna make the incentivize the deals to make it best for Xbox and to put them in a in a in a big position. But I mean you even look at the Call of Duty, um, which right now Sony has lead platform marketing, esports, uh, you know, they have uh, you know, exclusive DLC. That's all going away and it's gonna be uh, you know, gonna be on Azure servers, it's gonna be um, you know, Game Pass Day One. It, you know, it's going to be in esports. They're going to go, I'm sure, to either PC or Xbox. They're going to use the Xbox controller for the professionals. Um, and uh, you know, certain things like that. It, it does, even though the exclusivity does weigh a lot, but there is a lot of stuff that comes along with it, uh, especially Day One and Game Pass. I think that mm-hmm. uh, yeah. when that day hits, I think that uh, the realization will come, and people will be like, "Wow." Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think most people would want them to say, "Hey, we're gonna do what we want with our our IPs, and we're gonna, you know, uh, we're in a position that we can. We need, you know, we're not even number one." But like I said, I feel like uh, the lawyers got to him, and and um, when you had that tweet by Phil, and then you had that uh, coming out with Brad Smith, uh, their intentions are clear. They just, I think, they just want this deal done. And then they will work on other exclusive deals. Uh, you know, I think you'll get some exclusives out of this. I think this is more a money deal mm-hmm. and a developer deal and a, and a deal to get them the most people in their marketplace, which is ultimately what they want. Um, you know, it, it's going to put them in a really good position if they get that. Just, just for where I believe metaverse is going and so certain things like that. And that's, that's another discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that puts them in the number one position meta, metaverse wise, because the communities that go along with these games will be all under, uh, you know, under Xbox, whether it's world of Warcraft, Diablo, Call of Duty, Halo, Sea of Thieves, Grounding, yeah. all these communities, uh, one day coming together and, and be a part of a digital marketplace is going to become a reality, in my opinion. I think that uh, Xbox has positioned themselves, especially if they get this deal, to hold many of the, the true player cards in this. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say, too, that more details have like are starting to come out about you know how, how Xbox approached them and whatnot. It was actually pretty recent, only a couple of months ago. I thought that it was like, oh, you know, they talked to them a couple of years ago, and it was like a you know, a slowly growing process. But I mean, it only really started what back in like October, November, and other companies were uh, starting to chime in. Apparently, there was like one, uh, one company that wanted to just buy Blizzard, but they didn't want to do that. And you know, there was like three or four companies, but Xbox really, like Microsoft, really uh started to get aggressive and they just wanted to get the deal done as soon as you know well again like we were saying uh activision stock was falling the price was uh you know a little too hard to resist let's let's just say so um you know i can see why they wanted to jump in and get that deal done asap with many companies wanting to bid 
Um, let's see, Centurion Buddy, I, I know you want to chime in on this. Is Do you have uh, any thoughts, anything to, uh, to add to this? I mean, you know, uh, what do you think about the Xbox's uh, PR statement here? I think it was totally what I expected. Um, I always foresaw games like Call of Duty being being multi-plat way beyond the the contractual obligations that are on paper um the game there's just certain games in that portfolio that would work better and generate more revenue because of just the fact that you know sony has actually relied on some of these franchises especially call of duty for a long time um and now sony realizes they've also lost their ace in the hole when it comes to that franchise of exclusive early access to maps and other things that really made them stand out from the crowd when it came to where you should concentrate a majority of your time playing Call of Duty was on PlayStation just because of some of the exclusives that they would buy into. Um, there's other mascots like you were talking about, Crash Bandicoot, other ones like that you could potentially see maybe try to go exclusive i don't know tim dog did point out that crash bandicoot hasn't exactly sold uh super well over here but let's think about like uh if they were to all of a sudden resurrect spyro the dragon i think there would be a lot of eyes on that and you could all of a sudden make that an exclusive game so there is there is ways of using some of the ip um the past ip and of course future ip to do exclusive games but I totally foresaw Xbox keeping some of these games uh, multi-plat, uh, especially because Tim Dog hit the nail on the head. Um, right now, what's going on over at the, the Department of Justice, the FTC, um, they're definitely, right now is a very interesting time for Microsoft to be going against that that world over there because they are, like he pointed out, um, the Chairman Khan. Uh, definitely loves standing in the spotlight of basically putting her hand up to uh, big companies, trying to shoulder out little companies. And that's just one thing that a, a lot of people can't understand is Microsoft just can't come in with a checkbook and level the playing field. There is rules that are, that go on behind the scenes that they need to follow and they just can't make some of these these games exclusive which would hurt playstation in a way and you you just can't financially cripple your competition because you're bigger there's a lot of stuff that hinders that mm -hmm. right no that's a very interesting take um i i totally see where you're coming from there um let's see do we have any other thoughts on this mld pal uh i mean you know you've probably went through this statement much as uh, i have like what, what do you think uh, do you agree with what the other guys are saying or uh, do you have a different approach to to this oh yeah um having you know having had a couple weeks now since this uh news broke to process it like i went through the motions because uh, Tim Dog's right. This was addressed to uh, more like it. It wasn't addressed to the fans, and I, I get that. But I, as a, I couldn't help but think of like Phil Spencer's uh, comment towards Bethesda, where when the deal went through and and they were interviewed, he said that the whole point of doing this, the reason why we're doing this for the fans, is to put uh, these games exclusive on platforms where Game Pass exists. 
So I guess a lot of us, we were trying to apply that philosophy towards this. That said, this acquisition is far bigger, like many, obviously we all know the magnitude of, of this acquisition. So the same rules can exactly apply. And I get that. Call of Duty, yes, it's way too big to be exclusive. It's kind of like, yeah, kind of like Minecraft where it's, its success depends on being available everywhere. You can't just take it away if it's already available somewhere else. I get that. I think where the gray area is now is the lesser IPs. Like, I think the the big the two big games that are up in the air right now is Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2. Those, I'm very curious to see if those are going to be exclusive to the uh, Game Pass ecosystem or uh, they'll, they'll continue to be shared. As far as uh, game, the other ones like uh, Crash Bandicoot Go or Spyro Go, while I know I'm also aware that it hasn't sold uh, particularly well on Xbox, I still feel like it can drive Game Pass subscribers or at the very least keep current ones subscribed. So every IP, uh, all the lesser IPs and quotations, mind you, I still think they all have a purpose going forward to keep people subbed and to bring in new subscribers, especially if new games are uh, coming out. But for Call of Duty... I get it. But in the end, we still get on Game Pass day one, so it really is a win for us either way. So I get it. They want to get this thing through. It's a monumental acquisition, the biggest in, in gaming history. You gotta you you want to drag this thing out. You want to show some good faith. I get that. So I guess it's just a question of what all the other IPs that are not are that are not Call of Duty, where do they stand? And I guess we'll find that out in due time. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I'm still curious. I, it's a very carefully worded statement by them. And, and I agree that, you know, they do want to play nice with the regulators and so on. They want everything to go through smoothly. But I don't know. Like, I mean, it's still like the actual wording of it. Like, again, I could see them being committed to something like Warzone, putting that on. You know, they talked about on putting stuff on Nintendo platforms. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if they were talking about Warzone or, or something. Then again, I don't know what you can really do with a, a Switch unless it's, like, cloud-based for a lot of these games nowadays. But, again, like, I think there's a lot of interpretation here, a lot of nuance. Um, Shockley, buddy, I would love to hear your perspective on this. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that, uh, you know, you got an interesting take here. Uh, what do you think of Xbox's statement with regards to this? Yeah, I did find it interesting. Um, some people picked up on when... He was saying we, it was kind of like that desire line that Phil Spencer threw in there. Mm -hmm. He did say like, we'd like to, you know, make this available, bring it to the Switch, bring it to PlayStation. So that could also be kind of their way out of like, well, we wanted to bring it to PlayStation, but, you know, they didn't allow Game Pass. So, you know, couldn't work out a deal. <laughs> Or, you know, because there's, there's definitely some ways around it, but um, we don't know exactly what they, you know, because they, like you said, those words are chosen, you know, like they go, they comb through it and they know like what they're supposed to say. Um, mm -hmm. So whether those words are in there, like, you don't need to say we'd like to, because they're going to let you, <laughs> they're going to let like the biggest game and you know the industry on their platform of course so you don't really have to say if you'd like to do that um but maybe it meant nothing by it who knows but yeah i definitely think this is coming because of 
the scrutiny it's going to be under because you could see when the Bungie deal went through they immediately said oh no all the games are coming to even competing uh, competing uh, consoles so they told you straight up front this is what that deal was with this deal they didn't say none of that and not until like Sony was like because uh, even Sony wasn't sure or like they were like saying hey well we're sh-, you know you know we think they're going to make Sure, all Activision games are multi-platform going forward and are going to honor our deal. They were saying it like, well, we have contracts, so they weren't saying it like, hey, we already talked to, you know, Xbox. Oh, we know they're going to, you know, keep these games uh, multi-plat. So, um, but I could definitely see, um, other than Call of Duty, maybe Call of Duty is the one that they have to, you know, allow to get the deal done. Because uh, you notice, they could have easily said Call of Duty, like popular titles, like you know, after it said Call of Duty, could have mentioned like Overwatch, Diablo, yes. like yes. just some of those few like big megaton games. Um, but they didn't mention any other names. They only name dropped Call of Duty. Um, so that kind of like was like, oh, okay, that's kind of like you said, using your words correct, you know, wisely. Hey. Well, we didn't promise anything else whether than Call of Duty. Sure, we'll probably allow some other popular titles. Could be Crash, you know. Could be you know, they could be Overwatch next. Overwatch that would make sense because it's just an online uh, shooter. Whereas a lot of times Diablo, you're playing that. I'll play it with friends sometimes, but that's totally a game you can just play by yourself and have a blast. So that's not specifically necessarily like an online. Uh, game, even though the, I guess the last one obviously was was like always online where you had to log in, but um, but yeah, or at least on PC. But yeah, I mean that's that's probably what's different about this deal. So um, I think the guys at uh, Defying Duke made a good point of they kind of have a messaging issue. I guess not in a sense because they did clarify this. We see this like our Minecraft deal. So I guess they did kind of clear that up, but the messaging of like, hey, our titles are going to be where, you know, Game Pass exists. And if this, and this also doesn't really make any sense if they're just like, hey, we're going to be, we're making this, we we signed a, because um, it was the argument we made about Bethesda. It was like, well, you don't spend $7 billion to just have a Game Pass deal. Because you could have got that for much cheaper <laughs> than right. you know seven billion. Um, whereas here they signed a seventy billion dollar or close to a seven billion seventy billion dollar deal to to what only to allow your games on your competitors' platform without the option of getting people in your Game Pass service, which is the whole point. I would have thought of these big acquisitions because remember Minecraft was well before like Phil just became the head of Xbox, not really in full control. He didn't have near, this was still when Satya was still looking at the division of like, or why are we still keeping this? <laughs> why is this still here? Cause that was like in 2014 when he just came in, when they were talking about that deal. Um, so that that's kind of irrelevant in that scenario. But if you, if they were making this deal, other than now, if they made it the deal to keep out like Tencent, because apparently there was other people um, from that report that just came out this week mm-hmm. 
there's other companies that were also looking at it. So maybe they were just keeping it like, hey, if it's going to any platform, it's coming to Game Pass as far as subscriptions. So I guess they get that, you know, feather in their cap in that sense because it can't just drop into any other subservice. But, you know, as we go along in the future, and maybe that's big, but it's still weird where it's just like, hey, this is all about Game Pass, except, hey, we'll give it to PlayStation gamers where, well, they don't even have an option for Game Pass. So it seems like it's like that part just doesn't make sense with their scenario, but I get it if they had to do it and they were trying to keep other people out. So I guess that's just my whole thought on it. Like, I I guess I understand that part, but it is kind of like mixed messaging in a sense. I I do feel that, yeah, you could say that if you compare the two deals, but... Comparing two deals, I, I feel is unfair because one's a seven point five billion deal, which is a lot of money. But when you're dealing with a seventy billion dollar deal, and you have the type of people asking you questions, listen, every one of these reports—CNBC, MSNBC, Fox—all these things—they're all asking, "What's going to happen with the Call of Duty? What's going to happen with this and that?" That necessarily wasn't happening with Bethesda. There wasn't this outcry. There wasn't also this this climate of, hey, you have this Lena Khan and she wants to make a point. She wants to stand up and hey, she wants to grandstand and you know uh, be a, a defining star for, star for the Biden administration to look to 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 say, hey, we're not letting the big guys win. And if you don't think that that stuff is going on, you know, you, you you're not looking at the whole thing. That's the the reality is is that stuff is going on, and you have to have the ability to read the room, and you have to have also the ability to say, hey, you know, if this is the case and we do keep PlayStation on. We are going to get a lot of benefits there, plus Game Pass. Plus, we also get, you know, they are the, they are easily it's the number one game that they buy on their marketplace, and that's a big deal as well. You know, if this was a game that was like fifteenth uh, overall and was getting outsold by exclusives and that stuff, that's not the case. This is their number one game on their marketplace that's purchased by PlayStation. That is going to undoubtedly be brought up, undoubtedly be a big deal if you're making this exclusive. So in the case that, yeah, you're, you, the situation is, yeah, they, they can't go abide by what they they said with Bethesda because it's a different ballgame. It's a different set of scenarios. It's also multifaceted that this is a play for the metaverse. They want the IP in their marketplace. They want a game like Candy Crush, which makes more money than 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 uh, than uh, Call of Duty does in the mm-hmm. last quarter. They want that. They want that revenue stream. Um, so there's mobile. There's there's metaverse, and a lot of this stuff wasn't really a part of the Bethesda. Bethesda was just straight straight cut deal. You know what I mean? They had some technology like Ryan technology, Orion technology, whatever that was. Um, but for the most part. Uh, you know, this is a huge deal, much bigger, much, much, uh, you know, deal that's also going to get much more criticized. And and I get it. You're right. If you are comparing the two messaging, it is mixed messaging. But from what I said from day one, that messaging that day, Brad Smith and and and, and even Phil. Those messages were for the for for the regulators. Those messages were for. Uh, people like Lena Khan that you know, hey, you know, we we're not we're gonna you know be the good guy here. We're not gonna 
we we do realize that you have power, and hey, we're gonna you know bend the knee here a little bit, and that's all that was. That was all I saw. And if you look at it, there's so many pros to getting this deal done. Versus if this deal doesn't get done and it gets knocked down in court, and then they have to pay three billion for losing it, that's a huge hit. You're losing ten thousand developers that you thought you were gaining. And now you took two years and you got nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, that that's a big deal. Think about that. You have to realize the cost of uh, of of not getting this deal outweighs pretty much anything exclusive or any kind of exclusive talk. It's way beyond that. It's a seventy billion dollar deal that if you realize if you if if, if you realize seven six months before all this happens, it was a hundred dollar stock, a hundred and five dollar stock. You know, you're getting that in your in your ecosystem, and you're gonna you know thrive if this deal gets done, regardless of any of the stuff that we talked about. Just because the deal is that big, there's so much money that's going through. So, for for them to say, hey, we'll have some exclusivities, but not all, um, it doesn't it doesn't shock me. I kind of understand it where people come from, but don't get it wrong that they're they're still believing exclusivity and. You'll see that with Bethesda and other deals, you know, the, the, those games aren't going to touch PlayStation. I mean, I saw a lot of people say, oh, well, Starfield's now going to be uh, exclu- uh, on PlayStation. No, that's not happening. No, no. They, they've been uh, pretty clear, I think, with Starfield. So. <laughs> Do we uh, have a sec for me to add on to that real quick? Of course. Go ahead. Um, I'm just wanting to point out the big exclusive white elephant in the room that always gets overlooked um bethesda was basically um getting that purchase to basically get eyes on the brand there is an exclusive uh factor or feature to having uh the zinimax bethesda deal under your umbrella to create something exclusive for the ecosystem but activision goes beyond that and it basically gets it to where people are exposed to your ecosystem and the big thing to take away from all this is so what if a couple games end up over on PlayStation or a lot of games end up over on PlayStation, even if they do not have that that Game Pass um, accessibility that some people think that Microsoft is going to be able to push for. I don't know if that's going to work out in the end, um, but that's where let's just remember while over on the PlayStation side, you're spending 60, 70 bucks for a day one title, we're paying our $15 a month. There is going to be an exclusive uh, factor through Game Pass that a lot of gamers are going to take notice. And if you're just going to be spiteful and overpay for the game on a different system just because you don't want to pay for it, you've made up your mind and Microsoft knows that you're not going to invest into their ecosystem. So they're just going to get money out of you by you buying the game outright on a competing platform. Um, But for those who are definitely responsible with their money or um, aware of the gaming industry and how they, all these little ins and outs, like we see right now, everybody's up in arms over the extra $10 for horizon zero Dawn. If you're uninformed on how to purchase that game, um, how do you think a lot of gamers are going to feel when they are out there standing in line spending 60, 70 bucks um, to get this game where there's going to be a large majority of gamers getting it for $15? Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. No, and I agree with you. I mean, just the fact, I mean, there's been comments in the chat too about, you know, just the fact that Activision Blizzard games are going to be in Game Pass day and day to day one. You know, that's huge. That's huge. And a lot of people, again, they're going to look towards the Xbox ecosystem, uh, you know, towards Xbox because it's, well, you know, convenience and the fact that, yeah, I can get it in the Game Pass and, uh, you know, I don't have to pay up front. And, you know, that, again, it, it's going to be very interesting, especially with titles like Call of Duty and a whole bunch of others. Again, it, it's going to be an interesting yes. experiment. Also, it's nice is that it's going to be lead the lead platform will be on uh, on Xbox or PC, and and that means that uh, you know exclusive technology that Xbox has, like VRS 2.0 or mesh shaders, they won't be probably omitted. Instead, they will be um, you know they will be uh, put in there, and that's because you know Sony the call Activision's on a different deal now. You know, um, you might not always, you might not get that, uh, you know, uh, that parody deal now that you would have gotten before because that's quite frankly, you know, people say, oh, you know, it's not a big deal and, you know, uh, Sony's just as powerful as Xbox and the games are showing it, you know, this and that. The fact is, the matter is, is that that's really not true. When you look at the technology that Xbox has built into it, that they're full RDNA 2, they have VRS 2.0. Sony does not have VRS. Uh, it doesn't have certain things like mesh shaders. Yes, it has, uh, you know, uh, stuff that, that that does something similar, but it's not exactly that. Um, Xbox also has uh, some, uh, you know, um, uh, machine learning technology that's in there, and that stuff can be leveraged now, where it wouldn't be leveraged. And uh, that's that's on Sony for, you know, gimping their machine, you know, and not uh, updating their machine to full spec. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, it's all bullshit. But when you look at a game like Doom and they're using VRS 2.0, you have Xbox running 1800p with ray tracing and stable, a more stable frame rate versus... Uh, I believe 1440p or around or 16, 16, uh, 16p, 1600 something p on 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 PlayStation, and you can look that up on Digital Foundry, and that's with using that this 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 technology. So stuff like that, like if if it was the currently the way it was, believe me, that would they wouldn't touch any of that stuff. But now that it's the lead platform, they're gonna they're gonna utilize that certain tech and. I'm excited about that if the deal goes through. Yeah, yeah, that, that I totally agree with you, Tim, on that. Um, like we could spend probably hours talking about this, but we should probably move on to a different topic. But does anybody have anything else to say regarding this, or uh, are we okay to move on? Okay. All right, I think we're good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, either way, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. I know that there's a lot of uh, Xbox fans, actually just a lot of gamers in general just wondering how this is all going to play out just pay attention to the wording going forward guys and just you know wait and see you know until this deal works itself out because uh you know i'd be curious to see what titles uh do become multi-plat and what goes exclusive just again you know it'll take time but uh be you know just watch the wording that's what i say 
And also, guys, thanks for uh, joining us. We have 43 awesome people here. And guys, if you haven't done so already, please drop a like. It does help us out tremendously. Uh, no joke, honestly. Uh, we will uh, make our way over to our next topic. And uh, guys, so Crossfire X, the exclusive Xbox shooter, just got released. And, well, what to say? I mean, it doesn't seem to be doing too well. Uh, from limited content, uh, things not working properly, uh, Game Pass issues. It's been kind of uh, it's been kind of rough uh, for it to launch, uh, to put it uh, to put it plainly, really. Uh, Shockley, but I'll hit you up first on this one. I know you're still waiting to uh, to play it uh, for a few different reasons, but so far, what's your reaction been to it? Uh, you know, with all the negative feedback so far. So, I mean, but then all the, there's no marketing. I'm like, okay, that's a little suspicious. Then the game comes out and the meta scores don't come up. I'm like, oh no, that's that's definitely not a good sign. So I don't know. I I haven't played it because I feel like I, I would have if the campaign had if the, if it had, the campaign had achievements. At least I would have had something to show for my time because the campaign's like what a few hours long. I'm like, okay, whatever. I could play a few hours, but if it's all in the multiplayer. And that seems to be also a place where there's a lot of complaints. I don't know. I don't see the point of me playing right now. Hope maybe the game gets better going forward. Maybe it gets tweaked, hopefully. So that, that's where I'm sitting at. Yeah. I mean, that was never when that beta dropped. Like, they had a beta for it when they first announced it, like, in 2019. Oh. And that multi in that multiplayer beta was, n like, nothing to really get that excited about but not until 2020 when they showed off the that campaign trailer and that oh remedy was you know gonna be handling the single player it was like oh this might be cool um i didn't know it was gonna be a 20 basically a 20 dollar four hour single player um i thought it was gonna be close to at least 40 or 60 bucks but didn't know that um but yeah, after there not being any achievements for it, uh, well, also on that first, they were having issues where you couldn't play the first half of it because um, you were supposed to be able to play the first half. I think it was called Catal uh, Catalyst. Catalyst. Um, and it, it, it works now, supposedly. Um, otherwise, because I was going to try to get the, you know, experience some of it today. Um, I would have played it the day it dropped, but that shit wasn't working. So. But yeah, it's kind of sad that Remedy put their name to this. Like, I just don't understand, like, <laughs> why it took so long for this game. I I don't because they delayed it. It was supposed to drop 20, in December twenty twenty. Like here we are, well over a year past that, and I, I just don't get <laughs> what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry guys, I'm back. Uh, sorry for the audio hiccups. I uh, I thought I oh, yeah. fixed the Discord stuff, but everything's good. Everything's good. Um, don't worry, guys. Everybody was uh, following up, but everybody could hear you guys talking. Um, so I played Crossfire X. Like I, I tried the multiplayer out a bit. I played through the uh, campaign section that they did have available. Although, I mean, it did suck, though, that, again, like, I couldn't download it when it first came out. Like, I could download the multiplayer section, but they didn't have the, uh, the uh, what was it, the Catalyst, I believe it's called. Like, it just, 
don't know. It took mm-hmm. like a day or two. Like you know that that was kind of disappointing. The game has a a whole bunch of rough edges. I will say though, guys, that okay, I have seen a lot of backlash, and there you know good reason. There's a lot of good reason. There's um, you know, when you look at the multiplayer, there's not a lot of content. I only saw like maybe one or two maps for each like game mode like it, it's not very good <laughs> um the big thing with the the uh, multiplayer gameplay is that the gunplay is pretty atrocious in my opinion honestly um i don't know what the heck smilegate were thinking but the aiming is really really off like I just like it to me it's it's more in a state of like an alpha form as far as like the actual multiplayer goes I, th- like this this should have been uh, curtailed a long time ago I, I, I really don't know what they were thinking I will say though that the campaign for for once I was able to access it and download it for what it's worth I actually really enjoyed it um, it's not groundbreaking in any way um, the characters are kind of eh. But, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know. I just, I thought it was kind of fun. Like, I just, there's a big difference between the gunplay in the the campaign section, uh, Catalyst, versus what you get in the multiplayer. So, I just, like, you can tell, you can tell that it's made by two very different teams, the campaign portions and the multiplayer. And it's just kind of sad. Like, I thought, like, I would really love to know, like, what the communication was between these studios and just kind of like what was going on at Xbox's side because they really didn't want to showcase this game at all. Like, it just, it's weird. Like, the marketing was very, you know, I think MLD, you said it, uh, like, you know, there was very little, if any, marketing for it. Um, They put it in a very packed February time slot where there's all kinds of games dropping. You know, obviously we just had... uh, Dying Light and uh, Horizon Forbidden West. We got Elden Ring coming out soon. Like, you know, there's a lot coming out, and they just kind of drop it nonchalantly into February. I don't know what they were thinking. Really don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. This game, like, it's it's sad because, again, I do enjoy the campaign. I thought Remedy actually did a pretty decent job. It just, they need, like, I just want to know why they didn't promote this as vigorously as they did but I... <laughs> maybe that's probably why like because they because it was not even supposed to be any part of game pass they said that in that first launch trailer they were like hey this is not coming to game pass just to let you know because <laughs> um, that whole reel because it was the, it was funny because i feel it was like every game you're about to see is going to be in game pass and it was like but it literally says in the trailer that not coming it's going to be sold separately through mm-hmm. Game Pass. So I think they did like half of it just to like, hey, at least get part of it in there. And if they do happen to like that part, then maybe they'll buy the other part for 10 bucks. <laughs> um, it just seems like they were just kind of cutting their losses. It's weird because they did that whole dev diary, like, you know, catching us up on, I think, this past summer where they were like sound like they were excited about it and like what they were doing and like getting the gun sounds and because this was their first first uh first time doing a first person game and they were excited about it. that's why they signed this deal back in 2016 they were like oh this is a good way for us to like get somebody else the ip and then let us you know try it out um so it's just weird i thought it was gonna be better <laughs> coming off a of control but 
hopefully there are other games that are much better than this for like Alan Wake and any future <laughs> Remedy games, but yikes. But yeah, it is a people were saying it was a Microsoft published game. I think that was incorrectly reported because nowhere does it say that on Microsoft's website. They they even put themselves as the publisher for Rise of the Tomb Raider because they did right. publish the Xbox version. Mm-hmm. They don't put their name anywhere on this. They never did on the trailers back in 2020. Ever, all the other games that they did publish in that sizzle reel, they put their name before Xbox Game Studios. They didn't do any of that for this. Uh, and this deal was signed in 2016 when it made news and Xbox was no part of that deal. <laughs> so um, they did the, yeah, their Xbox uh, Studios publishing signed the timed exclusive because it was a it is a console launch exclusive so it's just timed it's going to be coming to probably playstation next um but yeah unfortunately it does get like slapped on like oh did xbox make this game like like did there did this actually come from xbox that's what it gets slapped on as like hey this is a game from them but so it's it's an unfortunate deal because this one's like epically bad <laughs> so yeah well again it's just it's very you know it's a weird situation where you have like two separate developers on two like separate sections i mean okay it's not it's not a, a strange idea obviously there you know there's studios that work together all the time but it's like i'm telling you like the 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 campaign and the the multiplayer they're night and day you can tell the difference i think a lot of people would agree with me uh in the chat um uh, Tim, I don't know if you uh, spoke up. Have you had a chance to play this game? Are you interested in it at all? I don't think he's here right now. No? Okay. I, I think we lost him, yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't see him. Um. All right. But uh, I know MLD, you uh, you had your say. Uh, Centurion, like, overall, like, uh, do you think this game has, like, any chance of coming back? Like, do you think, or do you just think it's going to be overwhelmed by, like, the negative reviews? That all depends on the developers. We've seen uh, a lot of games make comebacks over a lot of negative reviews. Uh, we'll talk, well, one of them is actually coming up in a later subject, but DICE at least uh, had a little bit of a comeback with Battlefront 2. Um, we've seen Square Enix kind of drum up a little bit of news when it comes to Outriders trying to have a comeback. Um, potentials there, especially with uh, it being in Game Pass. I mean, at least with it in Game Pass, you can get a lot of people to want to turn their attention to it without having to have any monetary investment other than buying into Game Pass. So that definitely has to do with uh, how the developer takes advantage of the situation. Yeah, again, like we'll have to wait and see with all this, but it just it, it's just disappointing because like I know a lot of people were kind of looking at this game like oh you know like a few months ago you know oh why is you know Xbox being so quiet on the marketing front about it and it's like well you know I think I can understand why but honestly guys I, I gave it a shot I spent you know I was just dabbling in the the uh, Catalyst campaign and. You know, for what it's worth, it's a good, like, maybe, you know, four, four and a half hour ride. I mean, I would totally suggest uh, giving it a go. So, you know, why not, right? I mean, it is on Game Pass right now. So, 
but uh, they definitely oh. that, that multiplayer section is, is it's just bizarre. Your, your time's worth more than this. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Unless you've played every game on Game Pass, don't don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just, at least I until there's know. achievements. Like Jesus Christ, what is this? A Nintendo Switch game? I will say, yeah, you know what the the whole lack of achievements for the campaign that like that does it, you know, it, it is kind of just weird. Just put an achievement, just put one in there that you beat yeah, it. I would have played it for kicks if it had like a completion or something achievement, but yeah, yeah. nothing. Ah, oh, like okay, all right. Mm-hmm. You yeah. might as well gave us a thousand achievement points for the you know for people playing this twenty dollar like four hour game like yeah. twenty. 20 bucks you can buy cuphead and ori and spend way more have much more <laughs> and those games took they had to hand draw all that shit <laughs> i think that was 30 bucks but still like jesus yeah something oh, yeah, yeah. something like that but yeah though it, it is pretty weird like they have the achievements for the multiplayer part but not the the uh the, you know the campaign the catalyst section just you know i don't know what's going on there um and you know that did kind of make me pause too Honestly, like, oh, no, should I play this? Shouldn't I? Um, I think a lot of people are wondering the same thing. Because, you know, they, they, you know, people like to, you know, unlock the achievements, obviously, for pro, uh, progression. And, you know, I just I just decided to give it a whirl. And I, I'm just saying, guys, it's, it's, it's not that bad. I mean, it is worth it, you know, just depending on, you know, what your situation is. If you, you know, again, the uh, achievements or whatever. But it, I'm just saying it is worth a shot. It is. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I mean, we'll wait and see, guys, with this game. Honestly, um, you know, they need to, They this thing needs to be patched up. And they definitely needs content and so on. So, hopefully, they address that down the line. Um, but, guys, why don't we move on to another subject that is both, well, sad and funny at the same time. Uh, Centurion kind of uh, hinted at it a few minutes ago. And EA seems to believe that Halo Infinite is the sole culprit for the failure of Battlefield 2042. And according to a report in a company-wide meeting, ex- executives went over and examined what went wrong with Battlefield. And they mentioned Frostbite Engine, the uh, global bug, of course, uh, the multiple game bugs in the game, and most notably Halo Infinite, stating that the surprise launch of Halo's uh, Halo Infinite's multiplayer really, well, it did it in, to say the least. Uh, Centurion Pal, what are your thoughts on this? Does like something like Halo's multiplayer dropping earlier than expected really mess with Battlefield? Or is there another reason, like, oh, I don't know, being, like, underwhelming? But, again, I digress. Uh, what do you think? Um man well they did try to come out and have a little bit of a uh a rebuttal to what everybody was saying uh ea came out and actually said that uh uh they they cited halo infinite and covid as contributing reasons for the game's failings uh but they did not correctly reflect the tone of the meeting they're they're kind of worried that um people are trying to EA is like, well, we didn't exactly say that's the reason why, but it's they definitely gave a long laundry list of uh, reasons. Was Halo Infinite due to it? Um, no. Let's uh, discuss the, you know, the big reason there. Um, Battle, it never appealed to me. I was always, like, I bought Battlefield 5. 
Battlefield Five actually appealed to me. I was a huge, um, I was a huge uh, World War Two fan. Um, I liked the style that Dice did their their combat games. That that Michael Bay very over the top blockbuster esque uh, style of gaming versus where on Call of Duty it could turn into a sci fi fantasy real quickly. Um, Definitely, I enjoyed what DICE did, especially with the Battlefield franchise, and when it came to Battlefield 2042, there was, like, no interest for me, and then as I heard more and more about the game, what they were going to try to do, the style of game that they were going to try to do, uh, they were dropping the single-player campaign, and I just was like, well, I guess I'm out on 2042, because the last time I did a game with no single-player campaign with Call of Duty, that totally didn't work out well, so don't want to invest in this one. And I also heard from um, a person in the community that was invited to one of the private betas that said that the game was horribly bugged and there was a lot of issues. Um, and then they all, that same person also played the open beta and saw some of the same issues, and at that point, I was like, let's see what happens. And it's been definitely a spectator sport for 2042 for some time now. Um, I can see why they're wanting to kind of centralize on Halo Infinite's release. You know, it was a stealth release. Uh, it came early. They were very unprepared for it uh, to come early because they were just hoping to just bank off of the game being out before Halo. And that kind of really tripped them up. But what really tripped them up was the polish difference between the two games, which I even mentioned in the meeting. Um, Halo Infinite was quoted as being a much more polished game, and it basically would drive uh, players to a more polished experience versus what was presented in 2042. Um, they, Like you said, they cited um, the situation with the world and the bug that's going around. Um, it, it just felt like they had a lot of reasons on why the game, at least in their opinion, was a total flop when they just really can't accept the fact that I feel like 2042 was a game that maybe sounded good on paper, but it's not what people were really looking for. I feel like people always um, want these, uh, like, look at the success of Halo Infinite, the I don't think they just want these massive, massive experiences. I feel like Battlefield 2042 is just way too big. I don't, I didn't get into the game, but every time you hear about all these battles and how it's just a free range kind of style map, I, the game makes really no sense to me. Well, I mean, I played the, the beta and it just felt like an underwhelming experience to me. There were good things, but it just felt like, you could tell that there wasn't a lot of uh, content that was going to be coming. And again, people, the guys in the chat, like, you know, they're saying, you know, what were they thinking about, you know, not having a scoreboard or voice chat? Like, you know, it just, it's just weird. There was a lot of weird things. Uh, the amount of weapons was lackluster, the amount of maps. Keep in mind, Centurion, this is a title that, it had an extra year of uh, development time, you could say, uh, in comparison to, well, the last, like, three, four games, at least what I can remember anyways. And somehow they have less content than what they had with Battlefield Five, And Battlefield Five got panned as well for, I mean, one, th well, there was a, uh, quite a few things, but one was the, the amount of content in it. This one doesn't even have, have a campaign. They were focusing on the multiplayer, and lo and behold... I mean, it just it felt half-baked. 
So it just can, it's weird. Can you blame that on development time or the fact that they spent 18 months hacking their own Frostbite engine up to uh, update it? And who's to say that was even done right? You know, you, 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 we see building a game, you can get bugs. How about of 18 months of crunch on rebuilding the Frostbite engine just to create this game? I'm kind of curious on some of the uh, the bugs and issues with the engine now due to that update. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very weird. Like, MLD, pal, like, what do you think of this? I mean, Battlefield, the Battlefield series is massive, and obviously it's multi-platform, but, like, you know, Halo, I mean, Halo dropping, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's a big surprise dropping a little earlier, but, I mean, you know, can't, shouldn't they just blame themselves for putting out a half-baked game? Yeah, definitely their PR needs a little bit of work. Um, did the Halo surprise beta launch, uh, impact, uh, theirs? Of course, absolutely. But this is not the time to, to put the blame on other, other people, other games. Just, you know, just, just take it on the chin. Just admit, uh, you know, you got, you messed up and you're going to do your best to make it right. That is the only thing that they should have said. Nothing else matters whether it's true or not. Yeah. It, it just doesn't matter because yeah, I mean, Halo Infinite uh, even that, the, even that, that launch wasn't perfect. I mean, you know, people want more maps and uh, um, the co-op and stuff like that. But at least the core gameplay loop was pretty tight. And when you compare that to Battlefield, yes, Halo did make Battlefield look very bad. Oh, yeah. But ultimately, that's on them, not on Halo. So I mean, I we can go. You guys said it. Uh, all the problems that, that have been going on. It's funny. Well, they said that uh, in regards to having no scoreboard or no, or no voice chat. They said it was to it was to, uh, to promote like uh, a safe and inclusive multiplayer space. Like, come on! Like it's a it's a competitive team based multiplayer shooter. What are you do, what are you guys thinking? I don't know. Uh, they got no one to blame but themselves. And uh, yeah, I mean Halo the three three four three. At least they didn't blame it on anybody else. They're just basically doing what they can to improve the game, and that's how uh, Dice should have handled it. Yeah, I mean. I will say that, I mean, I have been critical in some ways about Halo Infinite, like the multiplayer side. I mean, there's things that should be done at their end, and I have to harp on things with them. However, like, yeah, just as you said, MLD, like, I mean, at least uh, 343 and uh, Microsoft, Xbox, you know, they, they saw Halo Infinite. They're like, okay, you know, we should listen to the fan base and delay this a year, a full year. And you saw the results that you got from that delay. The campaign turned out really well. And it was a very stable experience. And, uh, no, overall, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, pretty, pretty good. Um, where, again, Battlefield, it's just, ah, it's a mess. Like, And then you would think that they would address the lack of content and so on. But it just, I don't know, it just, like, something's got to be wrong here. Like... I just, I get the feeling that there's just something going wrong at DICE. I mean, obviously, Vince Zampella, I mean, he's uh, taking the reins of Battlefield as in DICE as a whole. Like, I don't know, guys, maybe things are uh, pretty bad at DICE. Um, Shock Buddy, I mean, I would love to hear your opinion on this. Uh, I don't know if you were a Battlefield, if you are a Battlefield fan, but, uh, you know, stuff like this... Um, you know, EA uh, blaming like Halo. I mean, they they sort of took it back, but like at the same time, you know, you know, what what are your thoughts on this with the, this whole mess? 
Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a huge disappointment. <laughs> um, when when this uh, last gen started, like there wasn't much to play like day one, um, just in general for either system. But Battlefield Four, even it did have its technical issues, where same as like Destiny. Destiny early on had a lot of issues where you just get kicked. You'd just be like, "Hey, I'm you know fighting." I forget the freaking one of the bosses name in one of the raids uh crota i think it was early on and people get kicked all the time right as they're about to like take them down um so there's stuff like that that's just gonna sometimes these games have these those like technical issues but that game was still like leaps and bounds better just in uh content and other than that just technical <laughs> you know networking issue like Battlefield Four was great. I wish I wish they could just give that, just re-release that, and like that's kind of like what they're we we were hopeful with this, um, but just seeing how they kind of butchered the launch, especially after the last two, and then they gave this one a little extra time. So we're like, oh, cool! Finally, they're going back to you know present day or near present day, um, and it just not not hit so. I'm glad I didn't, I you know, go and spend my money on it. I played some of the beta, but yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I don't want, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it would just die out. Obviously, they would make it, like, free to play and would just try to, it's still a big IP, big enough that, you know, you would still want to use it, uh, make it, I don't know, make it a free to play game, you know, and just, you would still want it around because some of the moments that you get in a battle game just you don't get anywhere else. Um, so, like, I definitely wanted to continue, and I don't want them to just be like, "Well, this doesn't work," <laughs> you know, and then just get even smaller. They only have so many games that they're making now. Um, when they used to have a ton, like, you know, kind of how Activision went, like, "Hey, these other games aren't hitting all that well, so everybody just make Call of Duty." So. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. It's hilarious that they blame or even put them as partially to blame for Halo. No, no, it's all on you. This isn't like Call of Duty. People were tired of Call of Duty, like Vanguard, because they didn't want that. Going back to like, I think that one was World War II again. People were kind of tired of that. People were hyped to see Battlefield because it's been since 2013, you know, you know, since that like nine years ago, since that game dropped, where we had a present day like Battlefield, so people were hungry for this, just like people were hungry for Halo. And I would say they, people were even more hyped for Battlefield when you saw some of those trailers. You're like, "What? You're on like wait, you have like wingsuit? There's just like tornado like and some of the explosions and stuff. Some of that those particle effects were." you see this giant freaking tire flying like right by you that could easily like took you out. Yeah. And you were just like lucky that you weren't in its way. Stuff like that. Like when those gameplay trailers, those looked sick. <laughs> I don't think Halo actually showed off anything that looked like that nuts. So that's all on them. <laughs> if anything, they probably had more hype. They definitely, no, they definitely had more hype during E3 when they showed off those uh, trailers over Halo. People way more hype. People were even talking about like, oh, look how next gen like this is, or like, 
Because I even saw a lot of Sony guys were like, oh, this is destroying like Halo. Like a lot of people that are like PC Sony guys were saying that. And it, and it looks sick. So this is, so they can't say like, hey, Halo finally dropped and people were waiting on it. So it overshadowed us. No, you dropped before. And this is on you. <laughs> There's no way of getting in around getting around that. So mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. But well, yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you on that. And you know, uh, you know, Battlefield Five. I give them a lot of crap for Battlefield Five the way uh, they went about that and their communications and whatnot. And I I I was hoping, I was very hopeful that they would improve and put out the content and like you said those first trailers shockley they were you know they were really cool really interesting but you know again like until we actually got the gameplay it was like ooh, i don't know it, i mean it's kind of half baked here it just it just very very weird it, like it's been like i hear people are going back to playing battlefield uh four right instead of uh you know pl- uh playing like even uh yeah 2042 it's that bad the the, the numbers yeah <laughs> like five and one yeah well I, i'll admit i really enjoyed one uh i know a lot of people are like a big fan of the world war one stuff but I, I don't know i really liked what they were uh, doing with the uh with the battlefield one for the most part uh, five, I was eh, wasn't too thrilled about it, but you know, I I understand, you know, there, there, I can understand why people want to go back to play it. I mean, it certainly has more content than twenty forty two. It just it's so disappointing. Um, I don't know, EA and Dice, they they really need to give their heads a shake on this one. Um, what was a froggy tea in the chat? He says I heard her, I had heard that the devs had asked for six months extra time and they gave them three weeks. I'll, I gotta be honest, man. Like, even six months, I don't. I don't know if that would be enough. They probably need another year. They would have to do what uh, what Xbox did with three four three and uh, Halo, and give them a year. Honestly, just for the amount of uh, content that like, the bugs and just for what they they need to do. Just yeah, insane. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a sh- it's interesting that uh, EA even though they had kind of backtracked these comments that were reported on at the same time. I I could see them. I could see them talking about Halo though and how it, they, you know, it would, you know, affect it and so on. Just it seems very plausible to uh, to me. Sure, when you dropped the game like you did and people saw how <laughs> like how many issues it had, then people were like, "Cool, well maybe we and Halo had its own issues, but like, hey, well, maybe we're going to look towards Halo because we played the beta and we like that. So, yeah, that Halo, in a sense, could. But that's because you dropped the ball when the game dropped day one. So that, that part's on you. <laughs> that's why they were looking elsewhere after because Halo came out later. <laughs> they didn't have anywhere to go right away. But then that's when they were like, hey, you still haven't fixed that? Cool. Well, Halo's about to drop right now. And did that, you know, sneak drop <laughs> for the multiplayer. So, yep, that's that's on them. Yeah, I mean, not really much else to go into with this one. But honestly, it just, again, it's disappointing. Really disappointing. And uh, I, w- I was really looking forward to the new Battlefield game, to be honest. So this 
you know, again, just leaves a really sour taste in my mouth when it comes to like Battlefield and uh, EA and so on. Just better go back to the older games, guys, in this case. Older games or just play Halo. And it made it worse that it wasn't free to play either. <laughs> to oh. have all these issues. Not that that, like, because we say with Halo, not that like that should give anything an mm-hmm. excuse, but it's just like, oh, wait, people paid how much for this and paid for the. Cause I even thought about paying for that premium because I paid for the premium one on Battlefield 4 where you pay like almost 100 bucks mm-hmm. and you get, but they had quality like maps that they would drop. Right you know, weeks over after release. So it was like, oh, $100 is going to be totally worth it. It was totally worth it for Battlefield 4. But yeah, notice that people bought that premium bundle to oh, get yeah. all the season pass and DLC after it and get all the maps. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Well, a bunch of show friends, like, you know, I saw K-Mega, he was upset. I think Predator as well, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be mistaken there, but there is a lot of uh, guys that were friendly with that were just you know upset because they had uh, paid for the more premium bundle and it was just like you know what is this you know the game's crap come on guys like you know like it just you know people you know there's all these petitions online to like you know it just it oh it's a mess it's a total mess like i think people should get a refund Ugh, this whole situation i i like i i honestly thought that dice would get their stuff together by just and ea but no, no, this this is bad. This is like, really. Bad. You think they would learn after Anthem, but and oh, yeah. Cyberpunk, but no, <laughs> like it, it's insane. It boggles the mind how these guys would rather say like cash in on a, on the holidays, but but just mess up your entire roadmap for what is a live service game. It, it's it's the worst short term benefit ever because it wasn't even a short term benefit. Players dropped off like like almost instantly. Uh, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, again, this is a topic that we could like go into lengths about, but uh, I think we we said uh, uh, quite a few good points there. Just annoying. Just very, very annoying. Um, and uh, like I don't know about how this game is going to do in the long run, but it's just, it's not looking good. Not looking good. They need to uh, really start uh, genuflecting into uh, you know how they can improve th- that studio and so on um, but yeah guys I think we will uh, move on to the last topic tonight and it's a really fun one um, oh guys in case just I thought I mentioned this uh, before we move on um, Timmy uh, Tim dog had to go update his computer he should be back just so you know in case you, you aren't hearing him um but yeah moving over to the next topic um so guys over the past few months we've talked about scalebound because well i mean it keeps popping up in the news every now and then well it appears as if platinum games really wants to work on it again uh speaking with ign japan platinum games president asushi anaba stated that the studio wants to work on scalebound and would like to have a proper discussion with microsoft which is well, very interesting that they're, you know, saying it in an interview. Uh, even Hideki Kamea, who was also a present and a part of this IGN interview, he stated that, and I quote, you know, it's no use for Microsoft keeping the game in its current current state, in its current form. Uh, so we'd like to do something with it. Uh, you know, let's do something about it, Phil. Let's, let's, let's do this together. 
I mean, wow, you know, that's a lot of energy here for Scalebound in this interview. They, they sound like they really want to work on it. But, uh, you know, I'll pass this over to one of my panel members. MLD, my friend, you know, we've seen Xbox mend bridges with uh, various studios over the last few years. Do you think that there's a chance of them coming together to finish Scalebound? Well, I definitely think that there is a chance. That said, this is very, very... It's its weird in that it's not done this way. Usually, uh, this stuff is done behind closed doors, like, you know, your secret phone calls and meetings, that kind of stuff. He's directly pleading to uh, Phil Spencer and Xbox in, from an interview. And essentially, he, he's trying to create this public buzz, like get all that uh, scale-bound uh, hype resurrected and get that going. So the fans can you know, keep asking every time Phil Spencer does a tweet, like he'll be like riddled with, with replies, like "Oh, bring back scale down this." I think that's what he's trying to go for here, trying to get the public on his side to try and force not, not force, but like to encourage a meeting. So if that is the case, I feel because there's also news that he's the they're also open. Platinum Games is also open to an acquisition, so long as they can retain their freedom. So I think that these things go hand in hand because Xbox, they are very much about letting developers retain their freedom. They have complete autonomy. The only thing that they, the only thing that Xbox actually requires of their developers most of the time, uh, the Activision Blizzard notwithstanding, is that you only put it on the platforms where Game Pass exists. That's literally Xbox's only criteria. Otherwise, you have total creative autonomy, which I think, and then, then it opens up the other possibility. Xbox gain another foothold into uh, the Japanese market. So sure, like I'm getting ahead of myself here. Cause end of the day, scale bound, that was uh, a lot of people didn't like that it was canceled. They saw a lot of potential in, into it. I'm not gonna get into the whole why it was canceled and you know all that stuff. The point is I feel like it's a new generation. If Scalebound is brought back, apparently it was also a co-op game. And back in the day there was no game pass. There's definitely mm -hmm. a game pass now. It can definitely serve a purpose. And if there were any, any tech, technical limitations at the time, I'm pretty sure Series S and X can uh, more than remedy that. So if done right, if they can hash out maybe the budget, like who funds the game, uh, the ratio of that, I think the game could you know, come, finally come out, be exactly what it was supposed to be. And of course, be co being a co-op game, it can drive Game Pass or keep people subscribed to Game Pass, that kind of stuff. And who knows, that can make, and given their, uh, their talks about being open to the idea of an acquisition, I think Xbox shouldn't pass this opportunity up. I think Tango's a good foot in the, in the door, having Tango under their belt, but I think you should have more than that. And Platinum is a good uh, developer. They have, they make, definitely make games that Xbox Studios right now do not make. It's definitely a unique, it would be a unique grab. And I think Scalabon would be a, uh, it'd, be, it'd be like a, a starting point, a testing point, if you will. So I personally think, I hope that they at least get talking, that I think the strategy of getting the public to kind of like push Phil Spencer to get this going, I think that that will actually happen. So, I mean, who's to say, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it should, it deserves a second chance if done right. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure a lot of people know I'm a big Scalebound. Well, I, I was really interested in in the Scalebound. I liked what I saw early on. I don't know. I just there's something about it. Platinum Games. They have a 
they they do action games very well. I like their I like their gameplay and so on. And I don't know. I just uh, I, don't, I like a few of their IP. Uh, yeah, Skillbound just really caught my eye when they announced it. Uh, when I saw gameplay trailers for it, I was even more interested in it because I I did generally like the designs of everything. It was just the frame rate. You could tell that the hardware was kind of struggling. It wasn't very well optimized. So I was like, eh. But I I was just waiting for you know uh for them to fix that all up and to tidy it up because it was it looked like a really cool concept. And like you said, MLD, it, yeah, it was a it was a co-op game. I was like, well, damn, they're they're really uh trying something uh, uh pretty uh, grand here with the scale of this game. So yeah, I was really intrigued. And then when it uh, got canceled in early, it was very early on, uh, really early uh, January of 2017. I was like, oh wow. Something must have happened here, but it's yeah, just it's so interesting that we keep hearing Scalebound come back, and now you got Platinum Games openly discussing this. It's like, well, have you guys had discussions? Like, you know, it's kind of weird that you're talking about this in an in- interview and you haven't talked to Microsoft. Um, Centurion, like, do you have any thoughts on this? Like, I mean, you know, wouldn't they have gone to Microsoft first about this? You know, before you know, reaching out wise, it's kind of weird. Um, not unless by some chance um, Microsoft isn't exactly been uh, listening to them, returning the phone calls, not replying to the emails. <laughs> right. Maybe this is just a, a quick, uh, like, you know, I believe MLD said it, you know, they're just trying to open up that dialogue between Microsoft and Platinum Games and possibly resurrect a very controversial game. I mean, it would definitely get a lot of eyes on it. Can you imagine... Um, you know, out of all the titles, all of a sudden you flip open Google and uh, Microsoft admits that they have green-lighted uh, Scalebound to basically resume development. That would definitely get some heads turning. Um, I would be interested because I'll say it right now. I kind of was not on the Scalebound train. I think I have heard more about Scalebound from Invader Gaming than I have anybody else in the community and it's because of Invader Gaming talking about the game that I'm excited for a game like that to potentially, possibly, you know, like, that would be awesome. Like, the concept of the game sounds amazing. Uh, the concept art that has been shown for the game looks absolutely incredible. I, I think now, it'd be now or never, in my opinion. Let, let's get this game back in development if by some chance there's any interest from any of the parties over at Platinum Games and Microsoft. Otherwise, if there's no interest to do this, let's just lay this to rest and completely move on at this point. Yeah, because I'll admit, over the past year, again, we have brought it up every now and then because there there has been reason to discuss the title, but again, like, I remember discussions that were like, yeah, you know what, it's dead. It's dead in the water. And now... I don't know. It just it, it's just very interesting now. It, like I, I I really hope this breathes life back into the project. Um, like it, it's one of those things where you're tugging on the heartstrings of fans that want it to be a thing, like myself. But then it's like, oh, I don't know. Is this for real? Is Platinum just putting it out there just to you know get on Microsoft's good side again? You know, it, it just you know what what do you think, right? Well, like, definitely one thing that Platinum Games and a lot of developers have um, 
I guess as an ace in the hole when it comes to revisiting a game on the scale of Scalebound, no pun intended, um, is let's look at how gaming is changing. A lot of our newer game consoles and PC games are starting to embrace uh, faster hard drive technology, especially with NVMe hard drives. And we're starting to see gaming fundamentally change. Um, maybe there was a lot of mechanical uh, issues with the original build of Scalebound, and maybe the game was just way too advanced for it to work on uh, the consoles of yesteryear. I mean, look at games like Cyberpunk. They regretfully paid dearly for the fact that last-gen consoles were nowhere near the snuff of what's being used today. And that's where I think it's affected a lot of game development in the past. And that's where a lot of these developers can now be like, hey, it, the future is no longer the future. It's the present. Game technology has come a long ways. I really think it's possible to make the build of Scalebound work now because we would be able to use something like an NVMe to our advantage. Mm -hmm, right. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like a game like skill bound it did seem very uh like limited with the xbox one hardware back in the day now we have the again the series consoles which have a lot of power behind them not only that but yeah we're in the the day and age of uh, xbox game pass which again if you look at the numbers with the amount of co-op games that have been super successful on the subscription service it's it's uh quite astonishing i mean vermintide for example huge huge success and deep rock galactic and so many more i mean i could go on about it but i think a, a co-op game like this would be wonderful and i think there's all the reason to bring it back personally uh shock buddy i don't know if you have any thoughts on this um i know we've talked again in detail going over uh, the months about Scalebound but what do you make of uh, Platinum's, Platinum's comments here? Yeah, um, it, well it's, it's probably us, it's probably a lot because they uh, you know, some publisher or some studios are feeling it, kind of like how you know, Ninja Theory was probably feeling it, like hey maybe getting acquired isn't such a bad thing, or you know Bungie who wanted to stay independent um and are no longer um yeah. but i mean they had good relationships like that's why they made the deal in the first place because you know they felt comfortable because it was remember it was camilla's like ip that he's been wanting to do for a long time this is like something that really was like close and like dear to him that he wanted to make so he he, he wasn't just gonna pick anybody so he obviously had to have some relationship um with microsoft or with you know phil or something or you know basically of what they had talked about um but yeah i and now that microsoft still owns ip and all everything associated with it they can't just um because people are saying why don't you just make a just make it you know and call it something else and like he would have to change a lot of, about it like he could do it in somewhat like that but the character would definitely have to move look you know probably somewhat different they couldn't just like make it a one-to-one -one thing but um but yeah i mean i think he's seen like hey we knew that we kind of <laughs> had too much of our on our plate um 
and weren't focusing like the game was not in a good state the last time we saw it like when they decided to show off was like chugging <laughs> whether that was the hardware or i don't know like but um but i can see them like hey it'd be cool if we get acquired you know because we're not going to turn down the stability because that's probably one thing that they don't have they're probably just going from you know job to job to just to you know hey we'll do this side work and that's what they've been doing um which is i think kind of hindered some of their projects um because they would do side projects for i think activision when they're making like that tmt game that i was actually hyped for but then that turned out to be not great <laughs> um but then near autumn uh automata uh turned out awesome so so they they have the the time you know if they put the time and a focus on like just one of their projects at once because they I'm sure they don't want to be making like multiple split off their teams into multiple projects like they were doing when they were making like at least three different games mm-hmm. when they were making Scalebound, Team and T, and your Automata those were all happening at the same time, um, and one of those didn't release. One of them got really bad reviews, and one of those was great. So, mm-hmm. um, but so you know that they were focused on at least one of those, and that turned out awesome. So I think if you know they can do good work because they consistently release Astral Chain or yeah. you know new games that are great, but they just need that focus where they're not getting hey we have to do these side projects to keep the the doors open. Like when they took that licensed product with turtles or a teenager or a team and T. Um, so I think it'd be a good pickup for having another um, Japanese developer under your belt, especially like platinum. That's, you know, big name. Um, and it, it would be funny because then they'll have the two, I would say the two grandfathers of <laughs> horror. You'd have Shinji Mikami who made the infamous, you know, uh, resident evil. And then you also have Kamiya, who made Resident Evil 2, one probably the greatest, if not the greatest, Resident Evil game, period. So that would be cool. But uh, maybe they could get, and they've, and those two guys are still good, uh, uh, good, good friendship. They've had pictures recently hanging out. So that'd be cool, like if they got, you know, some type of cross partnership, <laughs> kind of like where you have initiative and, Crystal Dynamics, but if you had uh, Tango GameWorks and uh, and Platinum hooking up, but but that yeah, it'd be cool if we had like Jinju Mikami and mm-hmm. Kamiya linking up because they didn't do both projects obviously because mm-hmm. when Kamiya was taking over Resident Evil Two, Jinju Mikami was a, like a part of it at that point. Um, but yeah, that'd be cool if they did link up, make something, right? You know, fantasy dream there, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that'd be a great get for microsoft i think a uh, great position it'd be i'd be i would not like be surprised but it's like man nintendo it seems like you should probably because <laughs> they are making games for you and making good quality games with Bay, uh, hopefully bayonetta 3 drops at some point but with astral chain so it'd be a bad bet on their side that you know to lose them but right I know it's weird. The switches, it feels like, hey, they they're doing so great at dropping first party. I'm like, are they? Because it's it's a lot of 
uh, remakes and Wii or Wii U games lately. <laughs> or, hey, Mercury Steam made one of our, we outsourced one of our IP <laughs> to Mercury Steam to make Metroid Dread, which was great, but it's like, you could you could probably use some first party <laughs> studios, so. Well, technically, the game sold so, sold so poorly on Wii U that that to the vast majority of gamers, it might as well be a new game. <laughs> you know, hmm. I mean, I, I guess I guess that's their logic. Like, if this only sold a million on Wii U, it's going to sell ten million on Switch. It's like maximum amount of return for the least amount of effort. But I, I do see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they need more. <laughs> oh no, they do. They do. And I agree with you on that. Uh, they well, they just do things differently. Nintendo, though, they have a different now. They just, they just go about things differently. That's just how they are, I guess. But I mean, there will come a time when where they will have to buy somebody. I would assume. Um, I mean, it, they it, don't because they can give you Skyward Sword for sixty dollars, and people will eat it up. Uh, yep, hmm. Nintendo no one can read nintendo like they march to the beat of their own drum no one can predict what they're gonna do next they they, i don't think they care what the other guys do they just do what they do and (laughs) to hell with the consequences or the backlash they mistreat their fan base so badly like they know people have been begging and asking for uh freaking the hd remake of wind waker and Twilight Princess coming. That's the only two people have been asking for. And no, they give you Skyward Sword. The one that actually didn't really need, the one that out of those, all of those that probably least needed the remake right away, because that game came out, you know, late. <laughs> it wasn't on the GameCube. Um, it's just, I, I don't, but there's the reason why they did that. Because they know if they drop the other two, people probably wouldn't give, you know, yeah, you know, much with this. But hey, if the only thing you got between this drought of hey, Breath of the Wild came out years ago, well, here's Skyward Sword, and we're gonna make sure you buy it for sixty bucks because we know you guys are hungry for those <laughs> Twilight Princess and Wind Waker and the next Breath of the Wild. So here, drop that, and then we'll release those. But. I just don't understand how they get away. I know it's Wait a different it. standard. I definitely one hundred percent. I was at sixty, but the freaking three D All Stars had a Wii game also. Super Mario Galaxy, a better game, and it was packaged with two other games for sixty. But Skyward Sword is sixty by itself. Like they don't make any sense with these deals but the, I'll, I'll stop ranting on it <laughs> <laughs> well I, I mean in all fairness i think you bring up a good point too shock especially with uh you know the whole uh well the controversy with uh nintendo shutting down uh some stores uh news about that over the past week so uh that did not go over well with uh the fan base so uh they... yeah and people were saying like hey with this none of you were playing or using the store which is probably correct but the only issue is, okay, they're not giving us any promises that what are we doing with our Switch purchases? Is the next whatever after the Switch 
are none of those purchases is it going to be the same thing that happened to the wii u hey here's your deadline to buy all the games and all those are locked to that console and we're going to have you rebuy everything again on whatever this next console is whereas the other two big corporations with playstation and xbox are you know actually respecting the customers and bringing those games forward mm-hmm. so i think that's where a lot of people are like hey cool that's fine if you shut it down but you obviously are giving no indication if they would have dropped this news and said like hey but rest assured your switch purchases will move on people have been oh cool they wouldn't give a rat's ass about the <laughs> But like it's the uncertainty. That's why I was, a lot of people were buying physical PS4 games up until they gave the confirmation that, hey, if you bought digital purchases, they'll come to PS5. So. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I don't know. Moving forward, I really hope Nintendo learns from this and you know give the you know again give the fan base what you want, give consumers what they want. You know more assurances that their digital titles. Well, especially their digital titles are going to be carried over. I mean, that's just kind of what you do nowadays. I mean, that was the whole this. That was one of the big discussions last gen for crying out loud. You thought they would have learned something from that, but no. thank goodness they're the worst at protecting their games from piracy. So you know, <laughs> if you want to play the Switch on PC, you can. Yeah, good point. But. uh you know, just to uh, kind of round out the discussion on, uh, like, Platinum and Scalebound, I, I mean, I, I do think that it's interesting that they're, that Platinum is entertaining, like, acquisition talks, like, they're putting it out there. Um, I don't know. I mean, Microsoft, Xbox lately over the past generation seems to have a lot of uh, success with, uh, you know, acquiring developers that, uh, well, they kind of, uh, you know, had an iffy or, you know, relationship with whether that be double fine obsidian you know a couple others there you know now they're in the uh xbox uh, game studio family so i'm just saying guys you know money talks and uh you know you'd be surprised what a little bit of time does so to relationships so oh just very interesting news there all around and yeah i mean i would welcome back scalebound that's just my opinion but yeah i mean i would love to see uh scalebound make a return in, in some form um anybody else have anything else to add to this uh yes no hmm. okay yeah. does not seem like a okay guys i think on that note we'll call it quits for the night uh you know some really great discussions here uh you know great topics tonight and just a super fun time talking about uh you know many things with uh, the txr panel um you know thanks everybody i know we had some uh, audio issues earlier i i'm really gonna try and correct that i thought i corrected it uh the last time but uh, obviously i need to dig in a little more but thank you for staying with us uh, thanks everyone for again tuning in, watching, and listening in. If you enjoyed tonight's show, then hey, certainly consider leaving a like, sharing out the show, and subbing to the channel. Uh, going over to the outros. Uh, obviously, uh, Tim Dog had to leave early, he had to do uh, some stuff with his computer, but uh, you can find him at xcloud uh, at xcloud Tim Dog. Um, moving on down the list here, Centurion Pal. Hey, awesome show. I thought you had some really great points all around on the various topics. Where can everybody follow you at? 
Oh, man. Thanks for uh, definitely having a great discussion, gentlemen. Thank you to the chat for tuning in tonight. For those interested in finding me, you can find me at Centurion1307 on Xbox Live, YouTube, and, of course, Twitter. And you can also find me right here every Sunday night right here on the TXR podcast. And you can also find me this Monday over on Dirt Griggity's channel on his podcast as well, uh, 6.30 Eastern time tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to that. Oh, nice. The uh, We bleed, bleed Green guys are awesome. You're going to have a lot of fun there. <laughs> oh, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited. Anytime I get invited to a different show, I just get excited. I just love conversating about games, different people. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of fun with those guys. Uh, they uh, <laughs> uh, they definitely tell you what's on their minds, so uh, it's good stuff. I'll I'll, I'll certainly be tuning into uh, for that one uh, tomorrow evening. Um, moving on down the list here, General MLD pal. Again, I thought you had some really great points and thoughts as well. Uh, always get to get your. It's really nice to get your again take on things. Uh, where can these fine folks follow you at? Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, this was a great show, great talk. Uh, my Twitter at MLD Ghost. My gamer tag is Ghost MLD. You'll see me playing a bunch of games there. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the next week. I'm sure Xbox will give us something uh, to talk about and get excited about. Indeedy. And Eric Shockley, pal. Uh, again, I thought you had some really great insights too, as per usual. Uh, you know, love the intricacies of uh, your mind and you know your opinions and such. Uh, where can everyone, every all of our viewers, listeners, where can they follow you at? Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shockner Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good show tonight. Uh, good topics. Uh, looking for the Elden Ring next week, but uh, pretty hyped for that. I saw one of the uh, uh, one of the people I follow. Uh, forget his this full handle mcquack um <laughs> he found the uh he was at a best buy and the elden rings were on the shelf but <laughs> obviously those pesky uh registers got that upc lock so no go but <laughs> but yeah bummer but yeah definitely hyped for uh getting into that game and uh but yeah good show tonight Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah and it should be a good discussion with elden ring uh but to round out the crew uh of course this is invader and you can follow my content on youtube at invader gaming really awesome show tonight's folks uh thanks for joining us and we will uh see you next time so uh have a great evening and uh see you later <laughs>